Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Carr breaks the huddle and goes back into the gun. Play clock is inside of seven. Takes a snap. Fires over deep left side. Caught. End zone. Jackpot, baby! Touchdown, Vegas! Kenyon Drake! A 31-yard scoring strike to the running back. Well, I think, you know, advantage to us is this is the first time, first game, you know, always called in a while, so they really didn't have, you know, they were trying to figure out what we were going to do. And, and uh, you know, I said before, I've been with Ole before when he's called every play, and um, again, it was collective, but I thought we ran the ball better, so I thought we had a little bit more play action uh, look to us today, and, and um, we moved Derek a little bit out of the pocket. I thought offensively those guys did a great job with that. So it was fun to watch again, and, and Ole did a great job. I was Rich Bisaccia talking about the play calling of uh, Greg Olson yesterday, and obviously Kenyon Drake uh, on the touchdown pass from uh, Derek Carr. We saw a lot more of Kenyon Drake yesterday than we had uh, earlier this year. Uh, it just, everything was working and clicking for the Raiders and all their, you know, uh, assets uh, became assets uh, this year. They were tapped into, um, they were, their numbers got called and everybody uh, delivered, which is a really good thing to see. By the way, that, that touchdown pass to Kenyon Drake, um, we as reporters saw that play. <laughs> it was it was in a joint practice against the Rams, and um, they executed it beautifully for a touchdown. A, what would have been a touchdown in the uh, in the scrimmage or the or the uh, joint practice with the Rams? And uh, I, I was sitting next to um, Tishon Reed from the uh, Athletic. We normally sit next to each other uh, <laughs> during games up in the press box, and we looked at each other and started laughing because, uh, and we both knew exactly why we were laughing. Um, and I'm not giving anything away because I never felt Tishon was in the wrong at all for, for what I'm about to, to explain. But so after that practice, after we saw uh, that it was, it was, you know, the same exact play you saw uh, yesterday, uh, the, the Raiders ran against the Rams in a joint practice. And so we're talking to John Gruden after that practice and Tishon Reed mentions this to John Gruden and, you know, are we going to be able to see a little, or is that something that you will see with Kenyon Drake this year? And John Gruden just shot Tayshawn a look like, like what, what, you know, like it was, it was don't give away secrets type of a look, you know, and, and it was, it was overkill to be honest with you. Like, come on. Um, but you know, he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I don't know what we're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, uh, we, you know, he tried to kind of, uh, kind of hush hush it. Uh, but so when, when, when it unfolded yesterday, the way it did for a touchdown, it was almost a mimic of what we saw, uh, in that joint practice. We just looked at each other and started laughing and we go thousand Oaks, <laughs> you know, so, uh, shared a, 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 a little private laugh over that play. But, um, I, I mean, it was really good to see Kenyon Drake being involved yesterday. That was what the Raiders envisioned, you know, when they brought him in kind of a change of pace, does things a little bit differently than Josh Jacobs uh, can play in lieu of him, uh, can play in conjunction with him, can line up out wide Uh, on that play. uh, He came out of the backfield for a nice touchdown uh, reception. He also had uh, a couple of nice runs, um, including a TD. So, um, that's what the Raiders need to be doing with Kenyon Drake, and he's fully capable uh, of performing that like that. And um, and I, I'm thinking that this could be 
sort of a stepping stone uh, for him. And uh, the Raiders, now that that seed has been planted, no reason uh, not to keep going to it. Um, you know, and, and he can be just another great weapon uh, that the Raiders have amongst a bunch of really good weapons that are kind of emerging before our eyes. How about that one-handed catch by Brian Edwards uh, on the one-on-one situation and being big and physical, which we know he's uh, able to do, but also being able to have focus to make a what was really a, re- a, a great catch. So everything was working for the Raiders yesterday, offensively and defensively, special teams. Um, I thought they put it together for the first time in a long time on all sides, in all phases. Uh, Aaron is, um, oh, uh, real quick, Eddie is in Vegas, and Eddie says, in Vegas, L.A. was a mistake. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, that's me, uh, that's me. Um, okay, we're going go to we're gonna go to Aaron. Okay, who, who are we going to? Aaron. Okay, Aaron is on the line. How you doing, Aaron? Hi, uh, hi, Benny Bonsignor. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. I appreciate your articles, and I try and tune into the show as much as I can. I've been a Raider fan since 1976, so the past uh, couple decades haven't been kind. But uh, it's nice to see some real talent emerging. My, What I want to talk about is Richie Incognito. I think if the team has any chance of making the playoffs, they need Incognito back. And I'll get to my question in a sec, but I just think he's going to help kind of stabilize James. I think he'll get the running game going. And if they get the running game going, it'll reopen things up for Waller, who seems to be seeing double and triple coverage. And I just think they need that alpha on the line, and that's what's missing with all these young guys. I read your stuff, Vic Tapur, and I never get any information on Richie. It seems to be a mystery. Is he coming back this year? And what's your impression on him? If he does come back, what can we expect? Yeah, appreciate the call. Uh, thanks a lot. Ironically enough, one of the last things I asked John Gruden, um, you know, when he was still the head coach of the Raiders Monday after the Chicago loss, was about Richie Incognito. Uh, and I did write about it. You might have missed it, um, which is all good. Uh, but what John said uh, a week ago today was that Richie Incognito is getting better. Um, and he felt like uh, it was genuine, that he's genuinely getting better. And uh, their target was uh, off the bye week. Uh, So that would put him potentially uh, in position to be on the field uh, if everything works out the way the Raiders uh, are kind of envisioning it, uh, to be on the field against the New York Giants November 7th at MetLife Stadium uh, in New Jersey. So I'm with you. Uh, I think that Richie Incognito, if he's good to go, uh, can provide – a really huge lift on that offensive line. And I think that he slots in at left guard, um, you know, next to Colton Miller and alongside um, Andre James and Alex Leatherwood at right tack at right guard and Brandon uh, Parker at right tackle and away the Raiders offensive line goes nothing against uh, John Simpson. I think he's going to be, uh, yeah, I think he's the guard of the future. Uh, and I also think that he'll be a great um, or a good solid, I should say, swing guard um for the rest of the year if richie can stay on the field but they but i agree with you i don't i don't necessarily think that their their playoffs hopes are are hinged on his return or predicated on his return Uh, but i think he could definitely provide a huge lift to that offensive line for the exact reasons that you articulated uh but then also um what he brings to the run game and the tenacity and toughness that he brings 
nastiness uh, in the run game is something that I think that the Raiders uh, uh, desperately need or truly need. But then on top of all that, uh, as Gruden pointed out last week, it's what he sees on the field and how he sees things uh, in terms of pressure and scheme and what the defensive line is is trying to do and linebackers are trying to do. And his ability to kind of communicate that with Andre James is something that the Raiders were counting on this year. That was a huge component that got taken away from uh, from the Raiders when he got hurt. But if they could get any semblance of him uh, for any length of time and really – you know, the bye week, uh, that would be seven weeks into the season. So there's still 10 games left, I think, uh, after the bye week. Um, if they could get him for the 10 games, for the 10 remaining games, huge, huge boost. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Eddie is in Vegas. How you doing, Eddie? Hello? Hey, Eddie. How you doing, man? Hey, good, Vinny. Hey, I just had a quick question, Vinny. I know it all comes down to uh, winning games, right, with uh, Coach taking over. Um, what's the odds of just keeping their coaching staff since we actually do have some uh, amazing coaches, uh, especially now with, on the defensive side? I would surely hate, hate to uh, lose Bradley and Miles, you know, this offseason. Uh, I know it all depends on winning games, but uh, what's the odds of keeping uh, some of those coaches around? Yeah, um, it is. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that the Raiders are going to have to ask because. Um, I think continuity is so important, and I think that you know, um, especially on that defensive side of the ball, and and, and offense as well. Uh, but but defensively, you know, you've got your coach in place, you got your defensive leader uh, in place in Gus Bradley, and the great staff that he's brought in, uh, and and we've already seen the benefits of having um, his not only coaching on the defensive side of the ball, but his eye for talent. Um, I can't think of a miss that the Raiders have made since defensively uh, since since Gus got here. You know, um, it just seems like everyone that he plugs in, and a lot of them have a history with him uh, in terms of those reserve players that they've had to tap into. They've all done a pretty good job, and and I, it's no coincidence. Um, he 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 knows what he needs in his defense, and as does you know Aron Milas in the secondary, and Richard Smith at linebacker, and and Rod Marinelli at at, at at the defensive line. I think you've got a great situation if you're the Raiders on the defensive side of the ball with that coaching staff, and I think that you know they'd be more, you know, if you if you if you keep Richie as the head coach, um, then that stays intact you would think uh, on the on, on defense and, and everyone on offense stays intact as well whereas if you bring somebody else in um, you know maybe that changes things uh, if I was if I was you know um, brought in as the head coach of the of the Raiders next year um, like like let's say they do go out, out outside the building and do hire a, a new head coach I'd think long and hard about keeping Gus Bradley on the defensive staff um, that was you know, if you go back a couple of years ago, it's a while ago, but uh, when Pete Carroll took over in Seattle, Gus Bradley was already the defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator um, under uh, the, the the previous coach. Um, I'm drawing a blank. The, the former Washington, he played coach at the Falcons, UCLA head coach. But anyway, he was uh, that coach, the previous coach's defensive coordinator, and, and and you know Pete Carroll gets there and says, I, "I want this guy to remain on the staff," and that's exactly what he did. So, if they go in a new direction at head coach, 
I mean, I would almost assist, uh, insist if I'm Mark Davis and and making that call that that they keep the defensive staff uh, intact. And you know, Gus Bradley has such a great reputation around the NFL that I don't think that that would be that sh- that shouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, whoever comes in as as the uh, as the head coach, especially if it's an offensive minded uh, head coach. Why would you mess with Gus Bradley and and what looks to be and is shaping up as a as a pretty good defense? Um, so if you go out and get a Joe Brady, let's say, um, or one of the, the Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys, one of the bright young um, uh, you know offensive guys out there, um, if I'm one of those young coaches, I'm looking at Gus Bradley and saying, "Hey, a guy that's been a head coach, a guy that can just command that side of the ball, I don't need anything more than that." I mean that, he, that that side of the ball is in really good hands, but we'll see. Maybe maybe the play is if this thing unfolds in a positive manner, just keep Basachi in his job um, and and let Gus Bradley do his thing, and and as we've been mentioning, Greg Olson do his thing. Keep everything else intact because the team is there, and there's obviously there's going to be some improvements uh, next year. I think the Raiders need to look at that offensive line. You know, I think that there's a lot of guys that are on one-year deals on defense. Got to make some decisions on who you bring back. Uh, I think a lot of guys would be, you know, would want to come back. Um, you know, but there's also free agency and and, and the draft um, that they're going to try to get better. You know, you know, so, some some help in some key areas. But this thing is headed in the right direction, and you know, bringing in a new head coach can sometimes, you know, blow the thing up. Um, and this doesn't need to be blown up. This is somebody pointed this out to me. Um, it's somebody that's close to, you know, a, a, a prominent Raider. And it's like this this rebuild. It's right there. It's pretty darn close. It's not entirely there. This isn't a perfect football team, but man, they were closing in. You don't want to blow it up. There's no need to blow it up, at least as we sit here uh, today on October 18th, 2021. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Mike is on the line. How you doing, Raider Mike? What's up, Paisan? Hey, anyway, Paisan. How you doing? Good to go, man. Good to go. My good, heart good, good. is swelling, man. I predicted ah. exactly what would happen on Friday. Um, these guys, after those speeches, all the captains, all the coaches, I'm like, this is perfect. After the code red ordered by Colonel Jessel, a.k.a. Goodell, on <laughs> Al Davis's 10th anniversary of, of his passing, boy, what a way to just double finger Goodell <laughs> in the NFL. And we've been doing that since Al in the beginning. He did it in 80. And he did it in 83. The look on Roselle's face was classic. We had to give Al a second trophy. So this, all things going. Max is on fire. That whole defense is on fire. And you can tell they just love each other. And they love the coaches they're playing for. I don't think Richie's going anyway. Because we're going to go on a deep Super Bowl run. I think we're going to be playing. I think we're going to play Tampa. And we get to exercise two demons. The F rule, tuck rule, whatever you want to call it, take Brady out and pound him into the ground like we did Bridgewater. And then also avenge the Super Bowl against the Bucks, where they knew our playbook and Turner refused to mix it up at all. I mean, they know exactly what we're going to do. So you avenge those two things and we're good to go. So I'm I like proud this. of this team. <laughs> the nation is standing strong. We are not divided anymore. We all love D.C. now. 
I don't hear any DC haters no more. I'm ready to kick some ass. Raiders! I'm out, Vinny. Be good. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks, Paisan. Uh, that was Raider Mike and uh, ambitious and bold Raider Mike. We like uh, bold uh, Raider Mike. Um, and, you know, uh, this is a time. Listen, and we talked about this a lot last week. Uh, I know the callers shared this because I know every, all the callers um, and, and Raider Nation was kind of hanging on every word. That Wednesday of last week was a huge day, I think, um, for the Raiders this year. It was the first time we were going to talk to Derek Carr and some of the leaders of the football team after the mess that happened. And, um, you know, I can't stress to you enough, and I know Raider Nation was feeling this, uh, just the the double-fisted blows uh, that, that, that Raider Nation uh, suffered yesterday. There were two haymakers that were thrown. The one on Friday, which was like, whoa, took everybody back, you know, kind of staggering into the ropes a little bit. Um, you know, for, for Raider Nation and even for myself, like as, as a reporter, like, whoa, where, what, you know, you're just like having to like, really like read it a few times. Like what he said that that's terrible. Um, and what's going to come of this? Obviously something's going to happen. You know, you can't just let that, um, you know, uh, uh, just, just lie like that. You can't not in today's times, not in any times, you know, and, and what, what, what's going to happen here? And then, you know, on Monday, just a flurry of blows uh, with, you know, the New York Times, um, somebody leaking to the New York Times, uh, all the other emails. And, you know, people were staggered. The Raider Nation was Raider Nation was staggered. The team was staggered. The players were staggered. Um, the, people were reeling. And so last Wednesday became, all right, how are these guys dealing with this? What is, what's the vibe in this room? And I know I was in Henderson, at Henderson, at the practice facility, when Derek Carr and Darren Waller and some others, um, you know, uh, spoke. And I don't think that anyone disagrees with my sentiment. And I know I got a lot of this uh, uh, Wednesday of last week and Thursday of last week. People were just so impressed by how eloquent Derek and Darren, and I think Max uh, spoke that day as well, um, how insightful they were, how mature they were, the character that they showed, the leadership that they showed. Um, and I felt like, based on the calls that I was getting last week, I think Raider Nation felt like, you know what, based on that, based on what we just heard from the key, some of the key players on this team, this is going to be okay. There's enough in that locker room. There's enough good stuff in that locker room uh, and people of good character and professionalism that this is going to be okay. This is going to get handled the way things like this need to get handled. Um, and I wrote it myself. You know, I didn't feel like this was going to be something that the Raiders cowed to. I think they were, I felt like they were going to respond to it. In, in a right way and a lot of that was based on what we heard last Wednesday it kind of reaffirmed what we thought about this team but in a moment of truth it really expressed itself on Wednesday and it definitely carried through the rest of the week you heard guys talking about what a great week of practice that they had think about that amid all the stuff that was going on they put together a great practice week and as we know you know a lot of times you're going to play how you practice and the Raiders put together a hell of an effort yesterday uh, to culminate a very um, emotional week 
And I think they're just getting started, uh, to be perfectly frank with you. I think that they set a tone for themselves. They kind of found themselves yesterday in all the various phases. It's not going to be perfect from here on out, uh, but they created a nice little baseline for themselves, and I don't see them deviating from that anytime soon. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, uh, 920 a.m. on a Monday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Well, I thought we, we feel like we've been playing pretty well on kickoff the last few weeks. We haven't had a lot of attempts at it. We've kind of tried to do it where we thought it would be advantageous to us. And I think going up into there, we felt like, again, we were playing good. Daniel knows the stadium pretty well. You know, it had some to do with the wind. We thought we could put the ball a little bit outside the numbers maybe. And uh, the sun was a little bit of an issue early in the game. So that's uh, had a little bit to do with why we did it. But, again, it, field position ended up being good for us. That's Raiders head coach Rich Bisaccia, interim head coach, after uh, his first victory as a head coach yesterday. Uh, Raiders, I'm just going to say they dominated the Denver Broncos yesterday. The score didn't necessarily indicate that, but but they did. They were in complete control. Uh, after, you know, from, from about the middle of that first quarter, late first quarter on, uh, they, they were in control. And, boy, I'm looking at the uh, Raiders PFF rankings. Um, Casey Hayward. Uh, first among cornerbacks. Nate Hobbs, fifth among cornerbacks. Uh, Jonathan Abram, 37th among safeties. Don't laugh at that. He was ranked um, like 102nd or 103rd last year. Trayvon Morag, 13th uh, out of 86 safeties. Denzel Perryman, 16th out of 83 linebackers. Uh, Corey Littleton, 51st out of 83 linebackers. Don't laugh at that. He was horrible last year. He was among the worst graded linebackers uh, in the NFL. So uh, the improvement is coming, and I thought he had a really good game uh, yesterday. Um, uh, K.J. Wright hasn't gotten a whole lot of time, but 17th uh, out of 83 linebackers. Max Crosby, first uh, out of uh, 104 defensive ends. Malcolm Kuntz, or excuse me, Carl Nassim, 47th out of 104 uh, defensive ends. I'm missing um, uh, that I'll find it here in a second, but um, you know they're just getting Yannick Ngakwe, uh, 39th out of 104 uh, defensive ends, and at a 70.1, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. You know, the guy did uh, have a hamstring issue, I think it was, uh, after the season opener. Uh, I'm still wondering if he's kind of working his way through that. Uh, those things don't, um, you know, uh, improve overnight or get healthy overnight. And, oh, by the way, he hasn't missed a snap yet uh, because of that. So, um, you know, as Q always talks about, uh, the best talent is availability. Well, uh, Unique Ngakwe, uh, while his numbers have been going, ha- have gone down or went down, He's still out there, and he's making his presence felt. He was getting a big, huge push yesterday. Didn't have the numbers to show for it necessarily, uh, but he was uh, his presence was definitely felt uh, in that game against the Broncos and that win against the Broncos. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, Raider Thaddeus is on the line. How you doing, Raider Thaddeus? Great. I'm going to share some of the uh, enthusiasm uh, and take a Derek-centric view um, and say that John Gruden – resigning is the best thing because it allows our specialists to die, like have a division of labor, you know, have a lateral uh, view that interferes with guys like uh, 
Gus Bradley doing what they know to do best, Greg Olson calling the plays. And now that Derek's been under John Gruden for so so long, he can really take that leadership. Raider Thaddeus, uh, you were cutting out there, but I definitely got the gist of of uh, of, of what you were saying. Um, listen, you know, uh, is 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 John Gruden resigning? You know, the best thing to happen to the Raiders? I I, I can't go there. Um, you know, I, I I still think he's a really good football coach. It's unfortunate what happened, um, without question. But it was it was through his un, it was it was his own doing. Uh, nobody, you know, um, that was all him. You know what I'm saying? That was a self-inflicted wound, um, and there was no room for that nonsense. I talked to Mark Davis uh, about this yesterday after the game, uh, and he flat out said, and this kind of goes toward what I was saying last week about actions speak louder than words. Um, you know, he, he reiterated what the Raiders stand for, uh, Mark Davis did, and, you know, condemned the contents of the emails. And so that's the reason John Gruden isn't the head coach. There's not much more I could say about that. And I agree with him. Like, what does he need to say at this point? You know, um, he, he, he basically fired the guy. He, so uh, those actions speak louder than words. I do believe at some point he's going to talk, uh, but I think there's some stuff, other stuff going on uh, that um, he'll probably wait a little bit. Let's just put it that way. Um, but um is it the best thing? I don't know. Um, the football team that we saw yesterday felt like they were playing with a um, unbridled kind of enthusiasm. Uh, we'll see if it lasts. Uh, that's the key. I got uh, a text from somebody today uh, that's really close uh, to the Raiders saying the one thing that they haven't proved yet, um, and this goes throughout John Gruden's tenure and, and into this season, handling success every time the Raiders have had some success these last few years including this year it 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 what what follows is a step back right they started the season three and oh uh and then they lose two games now I think that Chicago Bears loss was kind of the result of what had happened um with Gruden that on the 48 hours before but you know, regardless, they didn't handle the three and zero very well. They ended up losing two straight games last year. They were what six and three or six and two. Uh, the year before that, they were six and three, six and four, whatever the case was. They were all, both years uh, after about ten games, nine games. They were right in the thick of the playoff hunt, and they face planted over the second half. So they haven't been able to show that they can handle success. Yesterday, I thought. Um, they handled adversity extremely well, put together a complete performance against the Denver Broncos um, and showed themselves and everyone else what they're capable of doing when they get contributions and solid play from all three phases. Uh, how do they handle that now? Now all of a sudden people are looking at the Raiders differently again um, and thinking, you know, this is a pretty good football team right there. You can't you, – you, there's no way you could have watched that team yesterday and not thought, man, there's a lot to like about the Raiders. You think about all the weapons that they have on offense. You think about maybe an offensive line that's getting better and two really good backs, good solid backs, and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake running behind that offensive line. If that offensive line can gain some consistency – um, that's going to really help things and really solidify and round out uh, that offense. But what else is, I mean, you, you have to like everything else. It's There's some borderline spectacular weapons on that uh, offense. And then on defense, you know, Max Crosby, Unique and God, we, 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 we've been naming them all day. There's no way you could have watched that game yesterday uh, and, and not thought, man, that's a pretty good football team. They got some talent over there with the Raiders. Uh, how do they handle that now? And that's going to be the key moving forward, including starting with 
this week against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. It's, you know, the Eagles aren't having one of their better years by any stretch of the imagination, but they typically have a mindset. <laughs> they typically play physically uh, on defense. Uh, they do some interesting things uh, offensively. Jalen Hurts is their, is their quarterback. Um, you know, they usually uh, can get after the quarterback. Uh, they usually have a big physical offensive line. Uh, they're going to force the Raiders uh, to, to step up physically again, uh, just like they have uh, a few times this year. But, boy, I'll tell you what, if the Raiders can get uh, to 5-2 and two to start the break, uh, get rested up, get healed up, maybe get some players back uh, in time for, this, for, the, for the next phase, starting on November, November 7th against the New York Giants, all of a sudden, you know, uh, the Raiders are in good place. But the first thing first, and that's handling success. They created a great moment for themselves yesterday. How do they handle that moving forward? Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. And I saw Raider Dave uh, yesterday uh, in Denver. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fine. It was great to see you. And uh, first, when I run into you, of course, you're talking to Mark Davis. And I have to reiterate <laughs> that there definitely is more to all of this. Mayock told me out on the field that uh, when I gave him the compliment of himself, uh, Rich, three captains, all just being absolute consummate professionals last week, he said that uh, there's more, and it's it's not going to go away lightly. So um, I think they uh, they may have um, woken a sleeping giant. The NFL may have, and I I hope that there is some uh, comeuppance that is fair, uh, not only to the Raiders but to the rest of the league. You know, I mean, if there's owners like Snyder that have you know problems uh, in their organization, I just don't understand the type of protection they get by just having the thing slapped on the wrist and you just hand the team to your wife. I, I don't get all that. And so I think there's definitely a lot more coming. Um, I wanted to call too about uh, the linebacker room is going to get real crowded and in seeing um, some of the special teams action that we did see and the Raiders, you know, kicked it short, made sure we could tackle them before the 20 or 25. Uh, but nobody could get down to the 66 and 71 yard punts that Cole was laying out there in the uh, Denver breeze. But I'd really like to see Javon White get back in it. And by the time Mullen and Arnett get back, you know we've got a couple guys that are you know now established. I thought Faison was just—I can't imagine a new Raider player ever coming in and having such a great impact his first time out. He looks like a Raider uh, uh, cornerback, doesn't he? Like an old school. Yeah. Kinda... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was talking with George Atkinson. He's super happy. Yeah. I mean, now playing alongside, you know, uh, alongside uh, Casey Hayward and, uh, you know, Trayvon Mullen, we were going through the numbers and the, and the statistics. He's grading out uh, as a, hold on one second, the 29th out of 117 cornerbacks. That's no slouch right there. Not Opposite the guy that's playing number one, uh, you know, as the number one quarterback in the NFL by pro football focus. Um, you know, and here uh, it is, I could Vinny, these guys, these guys get hurt. They're on three week or so IR and the other guys come in and all of a sudden they're ball hawking everywhere. I mean, Morg finally gets his, you know, it's just, it's been fantastic. And I just kind of wonder uh, their back half of the defense is going to get pretty crowded as long as a li- as well as the linebackers here pretty soon. Yeah, and um, you know, saying that uh, Raider Dave, um, one thing to always keep in mind, and I know you do, is as we've seen already this year, um, it's just such a physical sport that you know chances are, and you hate to talk along these terms, somebody else is going to get hurt. So what what looks to be something right now. Uh, 
doesn't necessarily unfold the way it looks right now. And so I think that what's good, though, is no matter what happens uh, in terms of some injuries, now short of a complete catastrophe, uh, but if it kind of flows the way a normal NFL season flows, uh, I think the Raiders have created some really good coverage for themselves across the board. You know, uh, I'm, I'm still not quite sure, and I wasn't at the uh, facility today. I don't know why Darius Phylon was a scratch yesterday. I don't know if it was a healthy scratch uh, or if he was dealing with a little something-something. Um, but uh, Didn't whatever, uh, Coach Basaccia say it was because due to size? I, I, uh, go ahead, Devon. You could, you could say that on air. I, I didn't quite hear you. Uh, didn't uh, Coach Basaccia say it was due to him size? Size? Yes, with, I, I, him, with him being a smaller tackle and um, Vickers being a little bit bigger because of um, – excuse me, I, no, the names are slipping me – because of the defensive tackles that were out due to injury. Yeah, that could be it. Um, uh, it, it also could be because, you know, uh, and, I, and I give the Raiders a lot of credit for this. Um, it kind of reminds me back at uh, covering USC back in the day. But they always – they opened up uh, jobs – for competition during the week. And some of those reserve roles are going to be predicated on who practices the best during the week. Um, and by every indication, um, Damian Square had a really good week of practice. And also um, Kendall Vickers has been uh, practicing really well too. So maybe they just earned their, earned their opportunities uh, during the course of the week. But I'll say this, Darius Phylon has been no slouch himself. So, um, and, and Hey, uh, if I'm a Raider fan, I don't mind that. Whoever the whoever's you know bringing it during the course of the week gets their shot on Sunday, uh, and if that's a little bit of a revolving door uh, at times, so be it. Just the best man uh, plays, and let's you know let's not also uh, let's also keep in mind, and I think De- uh, uh, Demond was alluding the. Uh, to this Jonathan Hankins didn't play uh you know on Sunday he was a he was um you know injured so he didn't get it he didn't play on uh, with a hip injury he didn't play on Sunday so they did that without you know somebody that while he doesn't get a whole lot of accolades Jonathan Hankins is a very good player in terms of the run and sort of a stabilizing force at the position that he plays so uh you know I could see you know maybe because of that some other guys got their opportunity but I guess the biggest point of all is that um, and as Raider Dave was just kind of pointing out, you know, linebackers are going to start getting some linebackers are going to start getting healthy and they're going to push their way into the mix. How does that work? What happens? Um, you know, and and that's going to help your special teams. It's going to help your depth, um, but you're going to have to earn it. You know, this is this is a Raiders team that there's no freebies anymore uh, on that defense, uh, as we've seen. You know, no disrespect to the Nevin Lawsons of the world uh, and some others. Uh, Eric, um, I forgot the uh, Eric Harris, the the Eric Harrises uh, of the world, and some of these other players uh, that the Raiders, you know, have have put out there defensively. Um, some of that, let's be frank, was just out of necessity. It was the best option that they had. Doesn't mean it was a really good option. It was the best option that they had, and that was, you know. Uh, just sometimes how it is, in especially when you're rebuilding, that is no longer the case. Uh, you there's there's enough talent on that Raiders defense where you have to earn your playing time. I think Clee Farrell is finding that out right now. Um, I thought he looked okay yesterday in the, in his short stint. I thought he was. I, I you know I feel like he's played fairly well, not spectacularly or anything, but by any stretch of the imagination in his time. But his time's been limited. Well, why is that? Is it because he's a bad football player? 
not necessarily. I just think that everyone else is, you know, in his position group is playing really well right now, uh, playing solid football uh, and outperforming him. And so he's got some work to do uh, to get himself back into good graces. If he does, great. If not, it's not like it's hurting the team right now. They've got good players at that position and really across the board. Um, and so, again, got to give uh, uh, Mike Mack a lot of credit uh, for for what he's been able to do, uh, working though in conjunction, and I know Mike would would be the first to uh, to put this out there, but working in conjunction uh, with that coaching staff, you know, it's a very coach driven operation that the Raiders have in terms of sort of setting a tone um, in uh, as far as this is what they're looking for at this particular position group for this position and this scheme, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and and. You know, when there's good chemistry and good synergy between the scouting uh, department and the coaching department, you're able to, it just makes the whole thing a lot easier because now Mike Mayock and his staff have a clear idea of exactly what to go look for, um, you know, when they go scout uh, in the college ranks, but also, you know, the pro personnel department is on the lookout continually for players that fit that kind of a bill at all positions so that when there are injuries, um, they have places to turn to bring in guys that they feel uh, can be adequate replacements. And that's where the Damian Squares uh, have come into uh, uh, come into play. You know, and that's where uh, a guy like uh, Roderick Teamer, who got hurt yesterday, unfortunately, but he's been playing at a pretty high level when he's in there. Um, he just brings it physically. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's a lot to like about what's going on. And, and, and again, got to give a lot of credit to sort of that synergy that's been built now between the coaching staff uh, and Mike Mack and his staff. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Monday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Yeah, that's Coach Marinelli and Coach Bradley. It's constant about not only do the sacks come in bunches, but the turnovers come in bunches. You know, we went a few weeks without a turnover. All of a sudden, we come up in a plus-four category, multiple sack uh, game that Max went through, and then the big sack in the fourth quarter by Q was actually big help to us as well. And if you look at the games that they're running, you, you, you can't – discard what Yannick's doing on the outside. He, he takes a lot of attention. So I think it's it's their group. It's Coach Marinelli. It's Coach Bradley. Everything comes in bunches, right? So we, um, I think they're just kind of living off of that and feeding off of that. As Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia uh, talking about what's going on on the defensive line, which is pretty darn good. Uh, doing the math, you know, the Raiders defensive line has 15 sacks already through six games. They had 16 as a unit all of last year. Let that sink in for a second. But it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise. We talked about this, and I know some of the callers, uh, and, and you know, when, when Q and I have talked about it and talked about it uh, during, during the offseason, all you had to do was look at what guys have done in the past, all the guys that the Raiders had brought in, and say, okay, if he gets his normal three or four, if this guy gets his normal two <laughs> per year, um, yeah, you know, and and it's not hard to imagine uh, Max Crosby getting ten, uh, at least, and Unique Gakwe getting to nine or ten, at least. Um, you start adding it all up based on what guys have done previously, not anything. Oh, uh, we're going to expect, you know, Solomon Thomas to get 12, 
12 sacks this year. No, if he gets his normal, you know, three, four sacks or so, uh, especially if he stays healthy, which I think he's online to, in line to, to, to go get, um, all you do is add them all up. And guess what? The Raiders were, we, we counted it all the way up to well into the thirties just for the defensive line uh, itself. And I think you saw yesterday, there's going to be times where they dial up the blitz. I know, um, uh, you know, uh, Gus Bradley doesn't necessarily like to blitz a lot statistically and historically he doesn't, but he does sometimes. And, um, you know, uh, you saw, uh, Corey Littleton get a, get a half of a sack. So, uh, he, he made his felt present. He, he made his presence felt a little bit on pass rush. I can definitely see Jonathan Abram. I, I thought I saw him. He blitzed a couple of times yesterday, uh, and almost got home. Uh, you're going to see Nate Hobbs, just like you saw in preseason, there's going to be select times uh, where those linebackers and uh, secondary players, you know, come on in, in, in blitzes. And so those sacks are going to start getting some contributions in terms of sacks from players outside of their defensive line. Um, so, you know, at, at, uh, I think they've got 16 total this year already. Um, you know, you can, you can definitely see the Raiders, getting into the forties as far as, as, as sacks, if they can kind of keep this up. And that's a huge difference from the 21 that they had total last year. Um, it was abysmal what they did last year. And, um, you know, also talking about as, as Rich Bisaccia talked about the, the, the turnovers, four turnovers yesterday against none on their end. That's just huge. That's, I mean, you, you are plus four in turnovers in a game. You're going to win that game 99% of the time. Um, you're going to come out victorious. So if the Raiders could stay on the positive side of the turnovers uh, and keep creating the kind of pressure uh, that they created yesterday and the kind of um, sack totals that they got yesterday, which obviously, um, you know, rattled Teddy Bridgewater a little bit, um, they're going to be in good shape. Now, uh, we'll see Sunday against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I gotta, I'm looking forward to watching tape this week of Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, young quarterback, another young quarterback that the Raiders are going to be facing. Um, I think they're going to be in a better mental place on Sunday against the Eagles compared to where they were against the Chicago Bears when Justin Fields came to town. Uh, you know, another young uh, quarterback that they had to deal with. And they did a fairly good job on Justin Fields, but they just they were dropping passes. The Raiders were silly mistakes, dumb penalties. Uh, their their minds might have been elsewhere, and, and that kind of helped contribute to what happened. This is a game, I think, that the, I think the Raiders are flat out the better team uh, than the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the better quarterback. They have a defense that's uh, really starting to hit their stride. I think they have an offensive line that's getting better marginally. Um, uh, they've got weapons all over the field. I think they, they, they can double up the Eagles in terms of weaponry and, and offensive firepower. It's a game that they should win. Uh, and if the Raiders can win and get to five and two, uh, before the break, and that's another thing, by the way, uh, that we start, have to start looking at if they can get to five and two, one of the things that's hurt the Raiders in the past is not being able to come out strong to start uh, or, or just not be able to, to, to respond well to the bye week. Uh, I'd have to look at the numbers, but they weren't good uh, under, under John Gruden. They haven't been these last couple of years. That's something that they're going to have to change as well. Well, we've seen them change a lot of things defensively. They're getting more pressure. They're playing better uh, defensively. They're creating turnovers this year. So um, past history in terms of not being able to respond well uh, to the bye week, 
throw that out because this is a different Raiders team. Um, however, they do have to show it. want to say thanks to uh, all the callers. Uh, appreciate the input. want to say uh, thank you, obviously, to Damon, uh, to Damon Cotton. Uh, I got in town, got home late today um, off the road trip from Denver. Uh, but Damon was doing his thing, locking it down, making sure that that, that wasn't going to be a, a, an issue. That uh, got to the studio at about five minutes before the show started. Uh, got you covered. I appreciate that, Damon. Uh, you know that. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Lincoln Kennedy will be with us Tuesday. Uh, he's always with us Tuesday through Thursday. Can't wait to talk to him uh, about what he saw yesterday and then also obviously pointing ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, thank you to Embajador Tequila uh, for being the great sponsor. Uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m.